everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. Doc Searles and I are talking to Petros Kachupis, who we haven't talked to in a while. Um, but welcome back, Petros. And before Thank we get started... Thank you for having me. Yeah, always. Uh, before we get started, though, I wanted to remind everybody that, that you can find all the links on our website at reality2cast.com. I want to thank people for sticking with us on things like Patreon and elsewhere. Um, especially as we go through the, the summer months where things are a little bit slower, but thank you so much for that. And thank you for listening. Uh, but yeah, so we're talking about some things we're talking about among other things, the impermanence of, of web content and, and, and uh, archives and the, the nature of, of the web. Uh, but, and we have a story yeah. to tell, I think. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a story and uh, it involves at least Petros and, and me and uh, in which Petros has been, extraordinarily generous, uh, in his time and expertise. Um, but I'll, I'll try to, I try to try to encapsulate and it by the, the 30,000 foot view or the, or the view from the moon of the earth that is the web, um, is that it's two things. One is we thought from the beginning that it was a library or is at least a directory. Um, Everything that has a URL is is a directory. It's a folder within a folder within a folder. Um, you can navigate that directory, and it looks like a library that way. A library is also organized as a directory. It has, part, has sections and specialties and things are sorted out that way. And that's what we thought the web would be in the first place. It was a collection of documents that, you know, you recall that if you're old enough, that Yahoo was one of the first big pre-search engines that was, right. was they were going to catalog the whole web here's the whole web here here's sports and here's you know here's news and here's this other stuff you know all these all these here's the various humanities um and uh and it quickly stripped their gears and they became yet another search engine but the and the search engines kind of look at it as well there's a haystack here we're going to index it and you know but the question is the broad question is is it a library or is it a whiteboard? Because basically it is a whiteboard. You can write whatever you want on it and you can erase it. And given the impermanence the, the, of domain names themselves, and for that matter, the URLs, uh, I mean, the IP addresses underneath them, all of those things can change. They can go away. And you can empty your closet of goods or your house. You can move out, but there will be um, residue of whoever was there, you know, a, a you know, a, an anthropologist or a geologist or somebody, I mean, a, a specialist of some kind could come in, a detective, and know something about what was there before. Um, not so if, you're, <laughs> if your domain goes away and the contents of everything you wrote or, or published also goes away, unless it's in the Internet Archive. And the Internet Archive, which I love a great deal and is a boundlessly useful um, uh, service is in respect to what's in it, kind of a glass top cemetery. The stuff that's in there is purely archival. It's not where it was originally. It's not where it was when it was alive. Um, it's in this other place where it's stored and you can access it and use it. Um, but it's not a living thing. It's a, it's a museum as it were. There are probably a, a number of ways of putting that. And and they struggled with this too. I I love the people there and hung out with them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and 
they do a fantastic service, but having something moved to the Internet Archive once it's erased off the web's whiteboard is not the living web. It's the dead web in a way. And um, I faced that uh, with um, finding out that my blog, which has been at blogs.harvard.edu slash doc and the Project VRM blog, which even longer, it turns out, was at blogs.harvard.edu slash VRM, um, were both, as it were, slated for destruction. They were going to be erased. Um, they were going to go off the web uh, and to get our stuff out of there uh, by the end of June. Um, I only found out about this a few days before that was about to happen. And thanks to the um, uh, involvement of WordPress, uh, Matt Mullenweg, uh, his colleagues at Pressable, which is um, uh, kind of a business level part of, of WordPress.com. Um, uh, and they're talking with the people at Harvard and, uh, and so on. Um, a decision was made to keep those two blogs alive as it were at Harvard, but archival. And I would get the entire contents of them, which I could anyway. And, uh, with, uh, Petros's help um, and the help of some other friends, we were able to do that. And so my blog continues at doc.searles.com. And eventually, Project VRM will continue at projectvrm.org, which is a domain that's been pointing for a long time to, um, to the Harvard blogs, but they'll continue. And so metaphorically, while I thought I was heading for the edge of a cliff or a chasm, um, that thing closed up and I was able to drive across and I could continue to blog at the old place. And so can project VRM. Uh, we have, don't have the whole project VRM thing worked out yet. I'm confident that we can. How permanent things will be at Harvard. I don't yet know. I have hopes that it will be uh, permanent enough. So, but it, what it raises f- for me and we can talk about this is is the web a library or a whiteboard or something in between or neither and why? <laughs> so you know, that's I've, I've basically always the wondered, framing. I've wondered, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I would, I would go to these um, book sales, right? A library would clear out, clear out a bunch of books it no longer had room for. It's a reasonable metaphor here, I think, but I used to always wonder, you know, as a young idealist, I suppose I would, I was sometimes shocked by, you know, I can't believe they're getting rid of this. This is so valuable. How, how do you make the decision, right, on, on, on what to keep? But, uh, but resources can be limited, right? In their case, it's real estate or, you know, mm-hmm. air conditioning or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, to make these decisions on where to put resources, even when the resources involved are quite minimal, I don't know, that it, it's difficult. So I guess where, where I'm going with, the, with this observation is, is the internet more or less of a whiteboard than anything else in life? Right. I mean, again, the older you get, mm. you know, the more you realize the lack of permanence of, of anything where the, you know, even no matter how indelible the ink that something is printed in, it's still, it's still not. Still yeah. Not I, you know, you, you touched on this doc domains come and go. 
Um, mm. you know, the, the backend storage that a lot of these blog sites or the databases that, that, uh, are required come and go. Um, I tend to think it's more of a whiteboard, uh, scenario. I'd like to think that there's some sort of archive library aspect to it, but unless somebody is funding and hosting that, it's, it's just not going to happen. I've had in my internet, you know, uh, using life, I've probably had, I can't tell you, more than a dozen blogs that I would start. And over time, I just get bored with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just disappears. I let the domain expire. And a lot of that has to do with my ADHD and, 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 and other things that I am mentally uh, dealing with, but things just come and go. And it's just all boils down to who's supporting it, either financially or physically. And I think it just tends to lean more on the whiteboard side. So you, you know, uh, have this, this drive, you have this invested interest among others who, who rely on or routinely visit, you know, the, the, the blogs that that you you support and write, but it, it tends to be a whiteboard other, unless uh, unless there's some sort of invested interest. Yeah, there was a. I think there was a bit of a state change that happened in the in the mid aughts. Um, I think we we went and, and this was flagged by my older son who after a long time kind of on the road and not much involved in my life, uh, got into tech and began to study the web and the net and actually started a business kind of like Quora. Uh, it didn't work out, but it was kind of a Quora like business, a Q and a business, but he made an interesting observation. He's an insightful guy. And he said, we're, there are two webs. There's the, there's the static web and there's the live web. And the static web is the one we talk about as real estate. You have sites with locations and domains that you visit and browse, you know, as if it were a physical thing. And the live web is the one where, well, you, you publish and you author and you write and you put up, but kind of you put it up like a poster, you know, and it may come down and, um, now he was looking at blogs back then and blogs had just, were just kind of peaking. This is around 2003. He told me this and I put some of that in Linux journal actually, and wrote some stuff about the live web because I thought it was a really interesting metaphorical way to look at it. And then, um, in the course of writing a, a piece for Linux journal, Dave Sifri and I invented what turned out to be Technorati and Technorati was the first live web search engine and search for everything that was had an RSS feed. So as soon as an RSS feed went up, um, Technorati would follow it. It only looked at RSS, but it was everything that was being blogged live. And Technorati was hot for several years. Um, couldn't grow fast enough, frankly, but then Google decided to compete with it directly. And there were other competitors um, and including one called Ice Rocket that was funded by Mark Cuban of the Dallas Mavericks uh, and other fame. 
have yeah, to look ice that. rocket. I don't know what that is. And it was very similar to, to Technorati, but there were several of them. Um, and they were all good in their own way. And then, but what Google did when it basically it started with a something called Blog Search that was a direct competitor to Technorati, it was full of spam and other, it wasn't well done actually. But in the meantime, Google sped up their indexing of the web from once a month to a lot of stuff to right now. You publish something anywhere and Google has it now. And so that became the live web that when Google's indexing turned into turned from occasional to current on everything, um, that changed the state of the web into a live one. Now, another thing has happened. I put some Easter eggs in this words in some early things I published, like in the mid nineties, um, they're on the web. And if I looked for that Easter egg word, which is like a, a nonsense word. I wouldn't say what it is because I want to keep the egg hidden. But um, it was basically an alphanumeric string that I just stuck in the middle of something. And Google used to always find that. If I le- searched for that, it would find it. doesn't do it anymore. It is not indexing those things. Um, on top of that, um, ju- I mean, I, I have a strong sense that what Google is doing and what Bing is doing as well is looking at the current web. It's just not, it's not seeing... Or, or valuing that archival stuff at all, even if it's still there, you know. It's well, just, that's it's, true because it's just, yeah, go a, ahead, lot, a lot of my older content is just it's gone. I'm, I shouldn't say it's gone; it's still physically on the it, web. Yeah, it's yeah, it still it's exists. Just, you just can't Google it anymore, or, or it just becomes right. a bit more challenging. Yeah, but I do miss the static web back in. I, you I, know, I miss the static web too. So, so the. So here's another thing, uh, and this is part of what the the whiteboardishness of the web has encouraged, um, especially, uh, you know, I think with Google. Um, the A few years ago, um, like really for like 50 years or something, there were a couple of towers that stood at Fells Point on Baltimore Harbor that set on the towers WMH. That was the name of not a radio station, but a marine station. It was kind of neat because this WMH could be read from either side and it was like a, it, it looked the same because <laughs> it was vertically arranged, WMH, um, W over M over H. And those three letters look the same if you look at them in reverse. And, and these towers stood by the harbor on top of a building that's now been replaced by a hotel. And I remember years ago talking to people about it. And if I, and I, when I, my daughter lived in Baltimore, still does, my grandkids are there. And I remember looking it up and on the web, there were lots of stories about the Marine communication station that was there that um, were on a bunch of, bunch of sites on the net and I, on the web rather, and I'm sure they're still there. Right now there's exactly one Flickr photo that'll tell you something about it. There's nothing else. And Flickr, to its credit, going back to 2005, has done a great job of keeping that, its own archive alive. Um, and that's, it's a static web artifact that is really extremely valuable, I think. It's becoming more valuable over time. Um, I put something on Flickr. I feel good that it's going to be there for a while. Although still owned by a private company, they could go out of business and die and it'll be gone. Um, unless, you know, unless the Internet Archive takes the whole thing over. And I'm told that is almost impossible. So 
I mean, just technically difficult because it's such an arcane creation <laughs> on the part of the people who created it. Who, by the you way, you know what that reminds me of, though, don't yeah, you? What? What? Linux Journal. Exactly. Yeah, all of this whole conversation. I mean, the whole concept I know. of Linux Journal of is still there. The archive and location and, and identity and, and for now real estate for now right. for now. Know. now all we, of my content still there. We we yeah. labored mightily to on the people who bought Linux Journal after we had it um, to make sure that that archive stayed up. And when they sold it, the people they sold it to have kept up that archive. And but there, there are it disappeared that are briefly. I mean, I don't it, remember. It how. disappeared from time to time. But, I've noticed that. Yeah. But there are things that are missing. Like for example, there was remember there was a the Linux guy YouTube. Yeah, no, that that's missing. Sure, but the the YouTube account. Yes, uh, and I I sus- I don't oh, know anything really? about what happened. I mean, so the YouTube account is gone. Like they, everything I think it's it, gone. It was mostly all Sean, but with it all, all of videos. Sean Powers' all of Sean's videos. Yes, videos are just gone. They're because, going off. YouTube and I don't too. think it was. I don't think it was intentional. But having again, I know nothing about the situation or what happened. Wow. But, um, having been in that position of managing, you know, a YouTube account, it is surprisingly easy to accidentally delete. And like, if you're going through, let's say you take really? over. Um, uh, an email administration of an email of an email service, like for a company, you know, a company like Linux Journal, and you take over dealing with, you know, you take it over and you, you're cleaning out all the old email addresses and IDs and stuff. You could quite easily accidentally delete. If you delete the email address, it's the admin for your um, mm-hmm. YouTube account. As I recall, it hoses the whole thing. You have a limited time to get it back, but after that, it's just gone. So I, I, it would not surprise me if that's what happened. But anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's gone and it's, and it's, again, it's, it's the, the, the idea of talking about, you know, again, and, and you know, a lot of us had our kind of our identity wrapped up in something like that. Right. And, and, and yeah. Patrick and I, before we started re- recording, we were talking about moving. Like when you move, when you've lived in a house for a very long time and you alluded it to, to it early, you leave something behind, but just the act of, Moving from one place to another is, to me, is kind of a good metaphor for, for dealing with a a website with a tremendous amount of content. It, moving something like that is non-trivial, and and you have to take into consider things. You know, again, we, you talk about the live web. Well, if you want to, you know, any you want it to be discoverable, you have to take that into account. You have to redirect things properly, and you have to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy to mess that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that this all actually reminds me. Of some, some, it feels like we we kind of um, would be remiss to not mention the things that are happening with social media right now, right? And I know we've talked about this a ton right. on this podcast, but right now, again, how how many things are we using today? Uh, as Twitter seems to decline, um, and I saw an actual graph of the, the Twitter traffic and, and activity actually is going down pretty significantly, but. But you know, I don't know. Again, you can you can make a statistic say whatever you want it to say, right? Mm. But um, not not knowing and not being privy to Twitter's actual traffic, I can't really say. But uh, so we've recent. Oh, while I was out on vacation for the Fourth of July week last week, I uh, threads popped up. So that's a whole new thing. Yeah, I haven't used now it at hundred million because, because it's that easy. Yeah, to because get, they just get, instantly commu- yeah, converted just, all the Instagram. Hey, I was under the the first million. To register. Yeah, really? I, and thanks Very to you, good. I think I was too. You're like, hey, look, it's there. Okay, cool. Click the ticket. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see, 
You can see that uh, number under your Instagram handle. Oh, you can? I need to yeah. look it up. So you have to look up on Instagram, not on, on threads, but on Instagram. If you go right. to your profile, it'll okay, actually have an right at and then oh, your um, your 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 it, number. Which wow. which also then reminds me of so that kind of mentality is is kind of amusing, right? Twitter, it was kind of like a there was a certain street cred or something sort of ridiculously. So when, with Twitter, like people were very proud of having early, you know, that where it would indicate yeah. when you signed on, people were so proud of being early adopters, which mm. reminds me then of blue sky, which has a similar vibe to me because again, it's very slow um, to, to hand out invites and all of these things. And, and uh, the, the vibe on there, you know, I'm, I have an account there and I haven't really used it very much, but I, you know, I jumped on, grabbed my username and all the, the what, all the things that you do. Um, but the, the communication is, is very, it reminds me of like 2007, right? When everybody was like, oh, do you have a beta? Can I get a beta invite to insert new service here? And everybody was, yeah. everybody wanted to be on the, you know, whatever the, the hot new service was at the time. And. I can't even remember the ones that, that people were so desperately. There was a website. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a website where people would go and trade beta invites to get on whatever new oh, social yeah. platform there was. There was there were a bunch of video platforms that people were desperate to get a hold of. There was, yeah, Google you know, Plus was, was in the early teens, like oh, right. yeah. 2010, yeah. 2011, I think. I don't remember, but I remember getting a beta invite into that one. Um, so yeah, yeah, it reminds me of that, of that time period where, where people, except it's, except somehow it's less exciting. I don't know if that's because I'm old and jaded or, you know, something else, but, but there it's, it, back then it was exciting and optimistic. And now it seems more desperate, like people jumping onto lifeboats rather than jumping onto a rocket ship. (laughs) You know, if that, if that metaphor makes any sense, by the way, I am not in the first million. I delay, I, I, I dawdled. I'm like 3 million and something. Oh boy, I signed on like right after, right after you mentioned so, it. So not as, not as cool as me. I know used, I'm, I will forever be. Have you used threads at all? Dorkiness. Uh, I posted like two things. Do you uh, see any usefulness I'm, of it in, in this? In the I don't know yet. Yeah, me neither. I've been active on there uh, myself and it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, you can tell that it's still a work in progress. There's certain features that, I personally feel like are lacking. Now, will they add them? I don't know. But this is mainly, you know, uh, my opinion. But the the difference is, because I'm on Blue Sky as well, the difference is, as as, uh, Catherine already brought up, is the fact that there's just not much going on because there's not enough of a a user base in, in, in Blue Sky. But the fact that, threads is already over a hundred million users out of the gate your 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 entire feed is just filled with content and is that a good thing i don't know i guess it just it's a matter of perspective but since the beginning i've been fine-tuning you know the people that i follow the 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 content that i like and it seems like it's learning off of my actions the the profiles that i'm muting so now my actual timeline is a, a stuff that i care about uh but in the beginning it wasn't it was like we don't know anything about you here's a bunch of celebrity content and you know the term celebrities used 
loosely. I mean, what yeah. is a celebrity to someone else does not necessarily mean it's one that you care about or a celebrity to you. Yeah. But I think that one of the great, the biggest, the the most, the biggest value in Twitter was following news, right? Current it's events, news. disasters, new, world news, news you know, which, which is what I do. You learned about wars yeah. happening, right? On or Twitter. did, but I, you know, a lot of the anymore. people that I followed are either not posting as much on Twitter yeah. or the Twitter algorithm is just making them disappear. So to me, for, for that kind of stuff, you, the, the massive sudden user base on threads might make it valuable. Like, cause like you say on blue sky, it's not there yet. Um, but at the same time, the, again, the vibe at blue sky is kind of, it's kind of like, um, I would kind of compare it to Mastodon in some ways, but not others. It's a, it's still a very different crowd. It's, it, it embraces the exclusivity of the limited audience, right? Blue sky, it reminds me of, oh God, I can't remember what the one clubhouse. Is that the one, the, the phone thing where everybody was desperate to get an invite or, yeah. Is that the thing that was like an audio? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's the thing that was there's, a thing there's for a cul- it's cultivated and... exclusivity as yeah. a value, and there's that you know people you know it's people who are used to having a voice on the web, and and and, and they and they like that little kind of that club that they're in, and 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 it works, and it's that that's the angle, right? Whereas on Mastodon, it's a lot of tech nerds and, and open source people. I I've embraced Mastodon, but I have to be honest. As these additional things have popped up and I've created accounts on other things, I find myself just not posting at all. I've, it's like I've thrown my hand. I mean, hopefully this is temporary because I used to enjoy this kind of interaction. But I've kind of thrown my hands up and gone like, I, I just can't. There are too many. I don't know what to do with this anymore. I, and, and I feel like I don't necessarily get any of them quite yet. So that's Yeah, and, and again, Mastodon – Great. That's the one I embraced early on, a year ago, more, you know. But the news that I get there is ago, just tech related because it takes mm-hmm. yeah. a little bit of a. Uh, there are still non tech people on Mastodon, but it's not as much because there's still a bit of technical expertise or knowledge required to not only uh, if you're going to spin up your own server, but to just understand the technology underneath it. I mean, it's a bit of a learning curve to figure out how to follow people. If you can find them to follow them, uh, it's, it's, it's different now threads and in turn a blue sky as well is supposed to be able to tie into, uh, Mastodon Um, at some point. Threads in theory will be, will, will be, uh, activity pub compatible, but as we've talked about online, offline rather, uh, or online, but not here. Um, there, I, I share concerns about how that will actually be implemented. Right. And what kind so, of, um, that, I don't think you're the only one, but blue sky, it's, it's, a, they have their, they have ideals of, you know, federated goals, let's say federation goals, they, they but do. on a different standard. So here's what, okay. So I'm on blue sky now too. Um, uh, and I follow, I got 15 people and Petros is one of them. Maybe you're another one. I don't know yet. Um, uh, but two things about it. One is it looks damn near identical to Twitter uh, or Twitter as of, you know, a simpler time. Um, I agree. It's kind of yes. like a, a, a low bullshit clone of Twitter. But I actually like it. I like I, it. Yeah. I like, there's I not, like, for there's not type enough of people. content. It's great. There's just that enough. Yeah. But I, for the kind I don't of cerebral like, tech policy. You know, over on, kind of stuff. 
over on Twitter, I'm following like 5,000 people. And I've got, I used to have 25,000 followers. It's down to about 23,000 now because people are dropping off. Um, but what, what I don't get, I mean, I, when I look at that, I think, oh, that looks centralized to me. It is centralized. How, what, and, and Mastodon, though it's decentralized or polycentric or something like that, is it's a pain in the ass to add somebody there when they're on a different server than you're on. I'm on one called, I'm on, well, first I'm on the Twit one, which I should look at more. And I'm on one called journa.host, which is for journalists. And I had to apply to be on that one and I'm on it. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, but frankly, I've got a list on Twitter. That's a journalist list. That's more interesting. Cause there's a lot more people on it. Um, I also have one for Ukraine that's really interesting still, maybe more interesting than anything else on Twitter for me. Um, but I never write or comment on any of it because I avoid politics absolutely on Twitter, which means it doesn't look like a cesspool to me. Um, Same but, here. It was probably the smartest move I ever made. Yeah, it's just not, just, just avoid politics and then you're fine. Um, I just follow a lot of dog like you know, <laughs> handles. So you have you know a lot of cute dogs doing silly things that yeah. show up every now and then. Yeah. When yeah, I see I, them. That's, I, I struggle with all of this because I find value in each platform still. Well, but that it, make, that all makes it less value because you know I'm not because act, they're all platforms. Only, and, yeah, because there's are we ever going to get past platforms? Look at one and then look at the other one and then look at the other. But here's the thing, and and I had a conversation with, coincidentally, his name has come back up, uh, Sean Powers about this offline elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're in this exciting, some people may not find it exciting, but this exciting time where now all of a sudden we have all these Twitter-like clones just coming up out of the woodwork, right? Now, mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't say just coming up. Mastodon's been out for a while, but now you have uh, Blue Sky and Threads all trying to compete. But it reminds me of a time in the you know 2010s when all of a sudden in the industry I was working in, you had all these startups. Okay, we're talking about this data storage industry. You had all mm -hmm. these startups just coming out of the shadows building these technologies because now all of a sudden the hardware, uh, the server hardware uh, was being commoditized. And now they had this idea, well, if the hardware is commoditized, let's just build these software-defined solutions. So all of a sudden they're building these right. software-based data storage technologies and they were all competing with each other. We're not talking about just a few. We're talking about like, dozens and dozens of technologies. And what was happening was these larger companies were seeing some value or, you know, they were seeing them as a threat. So they were just buying them out. And now there aren't as many of those companies anymore. So I'm just curious now that you have all these, these platforms, what's going to happen? Is one going to buy out the other or are they just going to trick, you know, like just disappear at a certain point, the dust is going to settle. People are going to get tired of posting the same post across 10 different platforms. You know, the, the other day 
I was excited to share a post about a, a, a keyboard, a little BlackBerry keyboard that I had bought for a Raspberry Pi. So I oh, posted I it. Yeah, I posted it on Twitter. I posted it on Blue Sky. I posted it on Mastodon. I posted it on Threads. You know, I posted it everywhere. It gets tiresome. And a lot of people are going to get tired of this. So they're just going to settle. Now, who they're going to settle with, I don't know. But at the end of the day, the dust will settle and there's only going to be one to a few left. And who that's going to be, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And until there are, there are people build tools that don't then subsequently get undermined anyway, um, you know, to, to post to all of those at once. But, and only so, certain people care. If you do this for your job, if it's your job to post to social media, then you're going to find a tool that will post all of them. But if it's not, you're, you might not be willing to do that or interested. Yeah. Like I had, I, I for a while, I was just posting my Mastodon RSS feed to Twitter using a service using if this and that actually. Um, and I did that. And, but I think, I think it was actually causing Twitter to like fil filter me out because I went from getting, you know, a couple hundred views to getting like 10 views to anything I post. So, uh, so I stopped doing that. I thought, well, what's the point if nobody's going to see it? So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird time, but it, it, I agree with you that it feels like, well, you know, 2010 or 07 or whatever, whatever time period in the past we, we remember this kind of proliferation of, of new and exciting apps, but it, it feels that way in, in the proliferation part, but not in the excitement part. Like I don't get the, 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 the impression anybody's excited about any of this. I saw, I, I am actually kind of enjoying all the cynical posts. Like, you know, with all of this computing power and brain power and innovation and all of these brilliant people, this is the best humanity has come up with like five Twitter clones. Really? Well, it's <laughs> best that. So do I. I. I agree. But here's the thing. There's actually a lot more out there that are just not as as publicized. So it's Tumblr. not just Tumblr was kind of trying to kind of get in on the Twitter exodus, too. But I don't I don't know if that how well that worked. Speaking of Matt Mullenweg and automatic. Is he, and does he own Tumblr? They Who own Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really? Yeah. Oh, that's, I, 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 I kind of half remembered that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I like and Tumblr. Is a, was you know I liked Tumblr as a platform. It's a nice at little, different times, nice at different ways. It, it's a different thing. It, it kept changing. I, I, I go look at it once a year. I think I had a Tumblr account for something at some point because I I thought it was a good place for photography. Um, yeah, and it was like a good, interesting place to look around for photography. And then it was all of a sudden like I can't find what I found before, and I gave up. Um, yeah. We do need a sense of place. I think that's one thing that the web, the web's, the static web, the, the staticky side of the web provides domain names, for example, and, and that you go to a place, you go to, you know, and people talk about it that way. I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to go on Tumblr. I'm going to go on all these different things. Even the, even the, in fact, all prepositions, you know, over, under, around, through, beside, within, they all imply location, right? They're, they're all about locating things in the world. And we need a sense of the static enough to make sense of it um, for the digital world as well, even though that world is entirely virtual. So, so we're always going to be biased toward that. I had another thought too, and, and this goes a little bit toward AI, but I don't want to dwell on AI, but I think it's something to think about. Um, Somebody I knew who worked in antitrust a long time ago 
So there's a kind of rule of three, which is every mature industry tends to have three big players. And um, at the time, this puts it how far back it was, three big television networks, three big car makers, you know, they were all in Detroit, the car makers, you know, and you're only going to have three. Well, there are a zillion car makers now, you know, and they're, yeah. and a lot of them aren't all that big, you know, how big is Tesla really, you know, it's worth a lot but, but on, on the stock market, but it's, it's not huge, but there it is. The two biggest car makers in the world are Volkswagen. Hey, Rivian shares are climbing back up. Yeah, I know. Rivian, hey. I know. There was one Rivian. Have they, how many cars have they made? Or the time. I don't know. I've been seeing them on the street. I have. Uh, I've seen a couple. It's, it's, so, those, it's those oval headlights, those weird yes. headlights. Yeah. The, the, and you see it in the rearview mirror like, what the hell is that? You know, that's what, oh. you know, I actually like pulled over. To let it pass, I'm following. Oh, it's Riv- what's that? I go home and I look up Rivian. Yeah. Um, there's a, a Rivian truck in Santa Barbara. I, don't, I guess it's still there. I, I'm not there right now. Looks like don't a see sentient any truck. Wilmington. Um, but there, but that's the thing. I mean, the, the biggest <laughs> car makers now are in Germany and and Japan and and Korea, not in the U.S. Uh, but it's not a bad thing. But any, but anyway, I think there's. I, I, I do agree with something you were saying earlier, Catherine, about the something kind of passe now about Twitter-like social networks. It's it's mm-hmm. like we, we've done that. Um, and I really do feel like we're in between something. I was thinking in respect to the rule of three, however, there are three big companies that are doing big things in AI. And those are um, OpenAI slash Microsoft, Google, and Facebook, not Apple. <laughs> Apple is amazingly absent from that. And that's just, I just want to put that out as a little bookmark. Do we go to at some later point? Maybe they're doing something secretively. Maybe they made the same mistake by going with goggles that, that, uh, that meta made with their bet on the, um, on the I metaverse, mean, which never happened or happened yeah. in such a minor way. Nobody gives a, gives a crap about it. Um, so- Something that I, I keep thinking about when people talk about when people talk about AI right now, they're talking about generative AI. Right. They're talking about a certain thing. A big corporate happening. AI is what they're talking. Yeah, about. and big corporate. Yeah. But I, I think I mean, there's a lot of AI out there that we don't pay attention to. Like again, like Siri is AI, and you know, like, Siri is AI. There's there's, there's, there's AI, AI everywhere. There, AI. You know, if you have. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, any kind of, a lot of smart home stuff, or if you have cameras that will identify when a package is left at your yeah. door or all of that's AI. It's, it's, um, you know, image based stuff, but it, it's also, yeah, you know, yeah, there's fraud detection and financial stuff. And I read something talking about, I read somebody who I respect and I can't remember off the top of my head. Apologies. Me? Posted something about, it wasn't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't <laughs> think you posted this, but talking about how people are all, you know, kind of panicking about this kind of faceless, nameless, a quote unquote AI, something taking over the world, destroying us all, whatever. That's what people are concerned with while they're completely missing the real, there are actual potential or, you know, there are harms right now with things like um, uh, resume, automated resume scanning, uh, automated, mm. um, uh, what do you call it? People, uh, you know, uh, apartment applications. When you apply to rent an apartment, there, there, there is AI involved in scanning all of that, and 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 those things actually have 
potential to make mistakes just like humans do. And, 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 and the, the, the point of it was that, the, you know, maybe, maybe the attention is misplaced. Right. But, but I, I guess my point is that there, there's a lot of AI. AI is kind of everywhere and all around us and, and places that people kind of have forgotten about because people are more focused on, um, on, uh, you know, generating really interesting images with mid journey or hugging face mm-hmm. or, or, or what have you. Um, so yeah, but there's you know again anytime you get a, a fraud alert on your credit card, um, you know that, there's so, some AI going on there. So the big question for me is, I there well, who there's already know some of these, but who's working on personal AI? That is, I have it; it's in my personal computer or my cloud that is only mine and looks only at my stuff and does not exist for some giant's commercial purposes, um, is trained on only my data and helps me with my life and every once in a while helps me reach out to the world. And I just think that is a massively huge market. And, you know, I, I want a thing where I can run, you know, run every paper bill I get through. I've got, I, I want a thing that looks like a, a ringer. I mean, it's like a scanner. I just, here's every receipt that I get that's in my pocket. And I, here's all my bills. Here's the, here's the credit card bill, um, which is all in uppercase and has a lot of alphanumerics I don't understand in it that are appended to the, to the name of whatever the Starbucks, whatever I, I, I bought something that will say that will do the logic that says, okay, um, these are the five Amazon things you ordered that appeared on two different entries on your credit card bill. And uh, this one's business and the other three are personal. And we can sort that out into your taxes. And here's where you were last July 14th and, um, and who you were with. And I mean, but stuff that matters to you and only to you, you know, I've talked about this before. I want to take a picture. Actually, I went Petros to take a picture of all those books and stuff on the, on the, in his shelf behind him and tell him what it is, you know, and I want to shoot the ones here that are behind my head. And, um, of course we're yeah, on, which, this which is a ones? podcast is not a video one, but he's showing me all his books. Yeah. You got a lot of books, dude. Excellent. And, but I mean, you, you want to know what those were, where'd you buy them? When, what was in them? And here, I mean, I've got books in New York, Bloomington, Santa Barbara. Um, and you know, I want to know which ones are where, you know, and that's, you know, AI could be good for all that stuff. And uh, personally, AI is good for all that stuff. And we're, we're completely drowning under subscriptions right now. Let's fix subscriptions. You know, we could do that best if we're doing it from our end, not from their end. Because they're just going to scam us one more time. Or use their AI, AI to figure out how to scam us. It's way. our own fault that we have, there's so many subscriptions out there. You know, for a long time, we've been complaining to... T- Cable companies, is there an a la carte option? Is there an a la carte option? And yeah, and they don't. Now there is. Not in their interest. Yeah. Now there is the same amount cable. of money. It's just yeah, now. Yeah, more. Just now way it's, more. Yeah, I know. No, hey, I, I cut the cord. You know, I, I'm 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 getting cable channels through Hulu Plus TV, and now there's there's a yeah. bunch of you know uh, Disney Plus. ESPN Plus, Peacock, uh, Amazon Prime, and there's it's all it's Paramount all Plus, and it's, it's, all and it's much more complicated, and and it is 4K, and um, so going, we, sorry, we touch going it, back so, to yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say home. something that 
No, I wanted it. So going back to the personal AI things, and since we've we've been going for a while, we probably need to wrap up. I wondered actually if if we could kind of as a call to action to people listening, I, I would be curious to hear what you know what people might know of that's going on out in the world, right? Who who is working on on stuff that might be of interest to us? And um, I would love it if people listening might for, forward that sort of thing to us. You can you can find us on the aforementioned yeah. website. And yeah, I would love for people to get in touch and let us know what, you know, what, what what's interesting out there that you're, you're, you're learning about in terms of personal AI. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, go, a go lot, ahead of, with a lot of this AI is actually putting, being pushed to the edge. You know, you've heard of edge computing. Mm-hmm. It, it's more localized and, and, and focused on well, again, yeah, smart home e- devices, you know, IOT devices. Exactly. So a stuff, lot yeah. of it is getting pushed off there. It's just, the problem is, computing resources, computing power. Is there enough? Uh, we'll get there, but it's, that's, that's a huge thing um, yeah. that the industry is talking about nowadays. But I want to yeah, go weird. back to uh, Doc's comment from earlier. And that is, is this the best we can do with, you know, Twitter clones? And, you know, I've got an idea, the idea, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And so we, we had, the original was the blog. Twitter came out and invented microblogging. But I say we put our minds together and invent picoblogging. <laughs> Three <laughs> words. One, one, That's six it. minute one, abs. One liter at a time. <laughs> um, yeah. If you can't if you cannot Pico express blogging. your emotions in three words, then we're done. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I am screwed. Actually, there I believe that was my cynical comment, by the way. I think yeah. Doc had something less cynical to say, but <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I, I can I can I can work up the cynicism. Uh, yeah, this is great. We touched on a lot of stuff. Maybe the audience yeah. will come back with uh Yeah, I I, I do I think just... the personal AI is a huge way to bet. So somebody on a project VRM list has brought back up personal clouds. Personal clouds was a big thing with a small bunch of people in 2014, 2013, 14, and 15. Are you talking was, about like own cloud or, you know, the personal yeah. deployments of clouds? Yeah, it's just that I, I need my own cloud for my own the, stuff. The problem is and, you, have to, you have to have the back-end resources. You have to have yeah. the technical expertise. I mean, it's, it's great, yeah. but you yeah. need to have some sort of technical knowledge or know somebody with technical knowledge to be able to do that for you. Yeah. Actually, I think I don't want this to happen because I don't want anybody to get further into their world than they have to. But that's where Apple is best positioned, I think. You know, they've already got, you know, your iCloud and you can, you know, like I have a, I have a box over there. I'm looking at it right now that is full of receipts. Put them all in there. Make sense of them for me. You know, when are my subscriptions coming due? Is there a better option out there for me? Where will I be next week? What's my best deal on a this or that? Work for me, you know? Go ahead and charge me for it. And I'll trust you with it. I'll trust you not with you have the data, but rather you have the means. You've provided me the means to manage my own data. Yeah. That's sort I, of where they are. I mean, I they, also, they're the only one of the bigs with a, with a privacy claim anyway. I would, yeah. I, well, I, I yeah. already know listeners right now saying, is that is that real they're they're shitheads too but yeah 
but they're a little less shitty than the others. Everything is relative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say also that you, you know, you could do a quick search and find, you know, and personal AI and find a bunch of stuff. I just, I wonder, I wonder how many are doing it in the way that we mean. I know. <laughs> and I will I leave that yeah. for next time. What do we mean? Maybe we should figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, this has been good. Um, I, don't... I mean, it, yeah, everyday AI messaging. There's one. And AI, this person, you're a supercharger of memory relationships. And, and going back to our our, our opening yeah. our opening theme, though, and you know, taking all of this into account, how does that? What effect would we like it to have on this whole this whole uh, whiteboardness of the internet? Right. If you had a personal AI to manage everything you've ever written, and uh, yeah. What does that mean? How does that fit in? I don't know, but we will figure it out. Um, so yeah. So anyway, so thank thanks y'all for for doing it for doing this for having the conversation. Thank hey, you, everyone. You're welcome. For and Pico blog post number one. Pico blogs. Yeah. I love uh-huh. tacos. Yeah. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help but throw that out there because I'm, a, I'm yeah. actually a child. Um. Yes. So, Doug, any parting words for us? Uh, yeah, it's just the beginning at all times. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't it always the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. It feels like it. It's 2007 again. Who knew that was going to happen? Uh, so yeah. everything repeats, right? Um, well, cool. Well, thanks, everyone. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>